Yins guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is April 18th, 2021. The Buckos win an extra innings today to take the series from the Brewers. And we have some key Brian Hayes news. Let's go. What's up, Jake? How we doing, bud? Dude, I was out mowing today and had to pause in the middle of, like, I did just the backyard and it Mm -hmm. started hailing. Oh, geez. Like, corn-sized hail flying down on me. I was under a tree at first, so I was like, what's falling out of the tree? There was nothing (laughs) falling out of the tree, like, literally hailing. Like, the the lawnmower, it's just crashing on the lawnmower. Tink, 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 tink. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. So I hurried up and put the lawnmower away, and just it was like five minutes, and then I went back out and finished. Yeah, <laughs> we were what? we were out getting stuff. We were out getting stuff today. I'm going on vacation next week, right? Going down to the Florida Keys, get some uh, rest and relaxation. We were out grabbing a couple of things today, and the sky was like turning black. We went into Walmart. I think it rained rained a bit while we were in Walmart, but by the time we came out, it was pretty much done. <laughs> I was like, dude, Geez. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's crazy, man. So yesterday we went down to see some pirate minor leaguers. Oh yeah the the Columbus Clippers did a, a like a trial run. They're doing some exhibition games, and there was like five dollar tickets. Oh nice to show up and do a little trial run of having you know fans at the park mm-hmm. things like that. So we went down, got to see. They were all in the. It was the best thing because it was you know technically it was Clippers versus Indianapolis Indians. But all the all the Pirates guys, I mean, they were wearing the black and gold. They had their spring training Pirates uniforms on. Oh, okay. So we just got to say, let's go Bucks all day, which was good. And they kind of, co- we sat like, it was first come, first serve seating. They oh. only had so many seats available. And so we just sat right behind the, the, the Pirates dugout on third base and watched Will Crow warm up a while. And somebody threw a ball up. To us, and then Will Crow was like, "Hey, kind of called us out." And Keely went down there. Our daughter Keely, he gave her a ball. She was pumped. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he struggled a bit, but <laughs> but <laughs> hey, yeah, it was pretty cool. O'Neill Cruz, uh, Will Craig, and Rodolfo Castro hit bombs. Oh, really? Uh, that was fun to see. Spring training rules. So at one point, we had bases loaded, and I think they walked Cruz to load the bases. I forget who was on deck, but they basically were like, hey, that's all the pitches we have this inning. It's going to be, and we're like, oh, bases are loaded. <laughs> Inning's over. Of course, that's, of course, that's all your pitches. Yeah, exactly. That was pretty cool. O'Neill Cruz played short. Travis Swaggerty in center. G. Juan Bay uh, hit a backside line drive down the line that wasn't like quite down the line, but like the left fielder cut it off. But Bay, like, he's, that dude's fast. Yeah. He boogied in the second for a double. It was fun just to see some baseball, you know, watch some some buckos, and we ended up getting another ball too. So we had the two, but we gave one to another fan just because we had the two. But we ended up getting one later, and our son, who's only, you know, a year, we gave it to him and literally held it with both of his hands. I sent you that picture. 
held it with both of his hands mm-hmm. and just stared at it the whole way back to the car. Like he was so amazed. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's funny. Um, I'd like to ask Indians fans what they think about Bradley Zimmer not being with the team. <laughs> Dude hit two bombs that were no doubt bombs for the Clippers that, you know, Indians, uh, triple a, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't understand. Like they don't have an offense <laughs> and this guy's down here raking. Right. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe there's a reason, you know what I mean? But I was kind of like, he's, he's been in the bigs, right? Yeah. I mean, he spent a decent amount of time in the bigs. I thought. Yeah. I remember the of course name. he did hit two home runs and they're not having trouble hitting homers. Right. But they have, a, I think like a two Oh nine batting average right now. I think they're like, I saw like 28th in the league in hitting. Which, if you want to put that in perspective as a Pirates fan, I think the Pirates are like 14th in the league in hitting. Yeah. Only the Reds in our division have a better batting average than the Pirates. Team batting averages, first off, they're not what you think. Like, they're all low. Right, right. You know, so like the Pirates saying, like, we have like a 235 or a 245 average. It sounds terrible. Right. But like, we're 14th. We're middle of the pack. You know what I mean? So we got some key Brian Hayes news. Let's start right off the bat with that. He is going with the alternate site team in Toledo on Tuesday. Going to play in a game, maybe two. I don't know if they play Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know you know, how that's looking. But he's going to play a game or two of rehab. Now, the interesting thing is the Pirates will be in Detroit starting Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I wonder if he plays like Tuesday, Wednesday, do you activate him Thursday for a day game, or we, or are we looking maybe Friday in Minnesota? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because it's a day game Thursday, and two night games Tuesday Wednesday. If he's playing in one or two games, chances yeah, are he. he oh, I'm, here's my obviously complete theory. He plays in Toledo. What was it? Would we Tuesday Tuesday Wednesday? You might see him in the dugout on Thursday for the day game. But not. But he won't be activated. Yet. Yeah, maybe. I mean, because uh, Toledo—that's not—that's not very far from Detroit. No, no, it's yeah, right there. Yeah, you know, a little quick trip up the road, and he's with the team. Yeah, if he plays a day game on Wednesday, technically he could be in Detroit that evening. Right. That's what I mean. If they so were, I, you know, so really, maybe the day game. Him. Yeah, I mean, they could. They could but activate if they him don't, before I, the game. I'll bet he'd be there. And then sure. just travel with the team to Minnesota, and he'd be activated there. It, it's interesting because they said if it goes well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But because it's Minnesota and Detroit, I mean, you may see him even just saying, like, hey, let's just get you in there, and you can DH, you know. Yeah. American League Park, let's just DH him. I know that, you know, he's obviously we want him on the field, but it would be a way to just say, let's work you back into the lineup. Right. I could see that happening. Yeah, if not, Kansas City, the Tuesday after, is coming to Pittsburgh. More than likely, I look to see him. If not in Minnesota, he'll he'll probably come back then. Yeah. That'll give him, you know, a little bit more time. They're taking their time with him, and quite frankly, I don't mind. No, I don't mind either. We saw last week the, the Phillip Evans, like, excitement. Mm-hmm. And then this week, we're, you know, Eric Gonzalez hit 360 this week. Yeah. So... You know what I mean? They're, they're getting production out of the guys that are coming in for him. So I don't know that they're really in a hurry because of that. Right. Phillip Evans has cooled off this week a little bit, but but with Gonzalez stepping up, they're getting it. 
you know, they're getting the the stints from these from these guys. Right. So let's talk about the games this week. We said let's go into this thing, maybe split. If you don't split with them, then you got to win a series against the Brewers. They ended up doing both. Yeah. Yeah. Four uh, and three on the week. They knocked uh they then they knocked Snell out of the first inning. Yeah. It's like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, they they had and oddly enough, they didn't win the game that we thought the most winnable game. Right. Was actually the biggest, like we lost eight to three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the Padres series, I mean, it was it was interesting. Uh, it was fun. Uh, no Tatis. Well, it was good for us right. for as far as like winning games. But you want to see him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but either way, split the series. You lose the first game. You win the two middle ones. You lose the last one. Could have actually taken three of four from a very good team. Right. So, hey, I mean, what is it? Six of their last nine games we've won? You know what I mean? Right. There's not much to complain about when you're looking at that. No. Cahill pitched a good game Monday. It ended up being a 6-2 game, but not because of Cahill. He threw well. Eight Ks, five innings, just three hits, and and just the one run. Uh, But he was up against Darvish. Right. Darvish was very good. Three hits, one run, and six Ks. So not quite as good as the Cahill numbers, but he lasted two extra innings. Sure. We would have been very good to have Cahill last two extra innings because those innings were pitched by Oviedo, who gave up five runs. Yeah. So that that was kind of the difference in the game. Well, it was the difference in the game. Um, we got one more run, but it, that was the difference. It was a 6-2. But it was like, hey, good signs from Cahill. You know, yeah. gave up the run in the first and then went through the other innings. And then, it, you know, the bullpen, one guy, the rest of the bullpen was fine, one guy. Five runs, that's the difference. Then Tuesday against the Padres, Chad Cool struggled again. Didn't get out of the fourth inning. Seven walks. That's not going to win you a ball game, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you can't be handing them that, that many free, free runners. Yeah, and somehow only gives up the three runs. Mm-hmm. Battles out of whatever. He, we've, t- we've said this before. Chad Cool is battling, but that's because he's making it impossible not to. Right. So Cool doesn't get out of the fourth inning, gives up the three runs. Luckily for him, the that's the game that the Pirates knocked Snell out in the first inning. Yeah. Three runs off of Snell. Stammen comes in and gets out of the first, and then Krismat, not sure of Krismat, not familiar with him much, except for the fact that they shellacked him. And the Pirates end up scoring eight runs to the Padres' four total, because the bullpen shuts it down again. Clay Holmes comes in for gets out of the fourth, throws the fifth. And then Sam Howard comes in, does his thing. Bednar gets out of that one on a tightrope. He walks two guys but gets out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Stratton comes in for his inning, which we were talking before we started recording. Stratton's so hit and miss. He gave up uh, the two-run homer today, but... He can come out and do something like this and have a clean inning, two strikeouts, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Ho hum. And then Crick Rodriguez. I mean, they just shut it down. And against a good lineup. Right. Even without Tatis, that's still a really good lineup. Right. Yeah, they're still dangerous. So, I mean, good good things from the bullpen again. And good on the offense for actually overcoming one of these games where our starters 
were bad again. Seven for 15 with runners in scoring position in that game. That's, you know, that's yeah. that's great. Yeah, I'll take that any day. That's how you score eight runs. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday, another win. Tyler Anderson looked good again. Once again, getting into the six, but not getting out of it. <laughs> but only one run. So Anderson looked good in that game. He gets his first win. We've talked about it. He's kind of given some of the better starts, but he gets a win. Yeah. Three runs late in the game the Pirates get, which really made it the 5-1 to one game. Other than that, it was 2-1. to one. The, the Padres scored in the sixth. It was, you know, it was 2 nothing. They scored. Joe Musgrove pitched in this game against us. That was fun. Polanco got him in the second inning with a homer. After Polanco had sit a couple days, and we're wondering when's this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he comes out, knocks the home run. So it maybe they fixed him a little bit, worked on his timing. He looked a lot better. I mean, he goes two for two in the game. He walks twice and hits a homer. Well, he said in an interview after that game, he said he just felt like all his timing, everything, it was there that night. Um, you know, he was able to get the front foot down, get to through the ball, everything. His, his timing was there. He said that he, one of the best games he's felt in a while. Just And it showed physically. up again Friday. Mm-hmm. Hit another home run Friday against the Brewers. Didn't um, they did they talk to I'm sorry, I'm gonna didn't they talk to I think it was Stallings about facing Musgrove? Or was that Williams? That was the Williams one. That was the Williams. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got those two mixed up, but that it was still we talked yeah, about. Yeah, the that Stallings last one week, was yeah. um what was the what was the moment with the with the when uh, Musgrove was was throwing, he went up against I think Evans, who roomed with him last year, and he throws he throws a pitch that either gets by Evans or was in on his hands, or I think he fouled it off or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they had a little like like Musgrove. I don't know what he said to him. I, I wish I'd wa- I would watch it back and see if I could figure it out. But it was almost like he said that was your pitch to hit. And you missed it. <laughs> and they, they had a little laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to like to see that. But, I mean, Musgrove was good. He, he had just come off the no-hitter. And so you had a feeling that he wasn't going to go deep. He threw four innings. He threw like 80 pitches or something. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he still struck out six guys and only gave up the solo homer. Uh, pretty yeah. good. Uh, still like a decent start for him. The Pirates made it 5-1 to one late in the game. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, once again – Five to one, good pitching. Uh, bullpen was solid for the you know for the four innings almost. So another good one. Then you know Thursday it fell apart again. It's kind of interesting. You lose you know six two. You win an eight four game, and you win the five one, and then it's another one the other way eight to three. Mitch Keller, we were really hoping off that last game yeah. that it would look better than it did. He gives up seven runs and three and a third. Another four-run first inning, walks three, just gets one strikeout. And it was, uh, as much as the last start was encouraging, I'd say this one was equally discouraging. Yeah. Ends up throwing like 83 pitches before he finally got out of the game, but Oviedo gave up another run in this game too. Other than that, bullpen solid. Sounds like we're saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But Mitch Keller's uh, struggles are there. They weren't. That wasn't a. He didn't turn a page. No. Last start, it didn't look like. It looked like 
the Pirates got out ahead and maybe it changed the approach of the hitters and he was able to attack better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his he's still his command's still not there. No, he to me just does. I, just looking at his body language and stuff, it just doesn't seem like he's pitching with confidence. And it's hard to pitch with confidence when you're struggling. Like it's one of the hardest things to do because you're struggling. It's it's not you're going out there and and, and he's almost expecting what it looks like to me. It looks like he's expecting to get hit. Like instead of going out and saying, I'm going to go out and dominate, this is, this is going to be the game that I turn this corner. This is when I'm going to show everybody what I got. It's like, I got to do this again. Uh, I don't know. And then he's pitching and he's, he's giving it up. Yeah. And I think that when it, when it gets to that point, he's got that deer in a headlights look. Mm-hmm. I know that we we're a little bit different here. You got you can see body language from pitchers a little differently than I can. I don't see that until he's behind. Like I don't see that until he's either not in the zone or he's getting hit. Yeah. To me, that that look that he's like he's kind of lost. There was one that, that was a ball in the gap. He doesn't even like he barely came off the mound. To go back, you know what I mean? Like, when you throw the ball, when the ball's hit, you got stuff to do. Right. It felt like he didn't even, he kind of just put his head down, and he just kind of looked around, almost like, where am I at? You know what I mean? And I think that he's, to me, I like that, other than the fact that, like, he, he probably should do that after the play. But I like the fact that he's showing that it obviously is getting to him. The other team likes that, too. I, I get that, but long term, <laughs> I at least it's bugging him. People yeah. used to complain about Pedro Alvarez when he was here because it never looked like it bugged him when he got out. Yeah. But that was just Pedro. He wasn't a rah rah guy. He wasn't like he just he went about his business and he kept to himself mm-hmm. and hit thirty seven homers in that year and, and had an RBI in every playoff game he ever played in. Right. Um <laughs> but he also struck out a ton and had a lot of struggles. Even yeah. when he had the yips and he couldn't throw the ball, very rarely did you see him show that he was upset. And I think that some guys are like that, but uh, Keller's starting to show it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did, and it's weird because those types of guys, you'll see when they get upset a little, like if they get really down, and I feel like Keller's getting there mm-hmm. right now. But when he starts getting good, th- this is where we might differ a little bit. I don't know that you'll see him get good by his body language. I think you're only going to see the bad stuff. When he's in control, I think he's just going to be calm. Right. No, I, d- I don't disagree with that. I don't know how you pick up on confidence, though. You don't. You mostly pick up on lack of confidence. All right. I'll, okay. I'll concede that. So if, even if it is as simple as when I'm confident and I'm throwing well, I get the ball back for my catcher and I take my routine, like between pitch routine, I get the ball back from the catcher, I get myself set on the rubber, and I look in and I get my sign. There's nothing that says I'm confident, I'm not confident, whatever. That's just my routine. All yeah. of a sudden, I'm losing my confidence I get the ball back from the catcher. 
take a short lap around the mound. Like basically you're taking a little bit more time. You're thinking you can see the wheels spinning that kind as a hitter. You're looking at that and like, I'm in his head. He's not going to have his control. So he's going to throw one down the middle, and I'm going to take every bit of advantage of it. I think that's definitely what's going on. He's out of the zone so much that the hitter is only looking at location mm-hmm. because they know if it's even close, I'm just going to take it because it's probably, you know what I mean? So they're they're squaring up the ones that he's just trying to get over the plate. Mm-hmm. But definitely a little bit frustrating, uh, but I think it's not. I think it's way more frustrating for Mitch Keller than it is for me and you. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I this think a is, lot of fans, I think a lot of fans forget that. How many, how many options does he have left? I know they're not playing right now, but. Um, yeah. And I know that they're not going to use those options on him. In my opinion, I just, I, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's even in the cards. I think that he's at a place now where it's time. Like if you're going to, we already know he can pitch in triple A. I don't think that it helps. He's got to know that he can pitch against major league pitching. Right. But if he's having troubles just finding the zone, sending him back down there to get his release point, his his mechanics and everything fine-tuned, back to where I'm throwing strikes again. All right. Now my mindset's ready. I'm ready to go. Yes, I know I should come down here, and, and it could come back to bite you because if he goes down there and he doesn't do well, he's pretty much, until he gets traded, he's pretty much done. It could defeat him. It could. And he might need, at that point, the change of scenery that, that a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of different organizations, it happens. The guy struggles, you end up getting rid of him. I know Pirate fans are... You know, we're big on, oh, we traded him and now he's good. That happens a lot around the league. Yeah. But, you know, and a lot of times it's just if you have struggles in a place and you go to a new place, sometimes it just clicks. And sometimes it's a change of scenery thing, just like Mm -hmm. it was for Glass now. Yeah. It was, oh, I have to now prove to this organization that I can do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Glass now looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. What did I tell you though about Glass now? Not that he's anywhere near that level yet. Maybe never get to that level. But he reminded me a lot of Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson couldn't throw a strike for, for the Expos. He gets traded to the Mariners and he becomes his dominant pitcher. He's seven foot tall. You know, six ten. Glass now is what six eight, six nine. Something like that, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, big, at least six nine. Big, tall, lanky dudes, man. It's mechanics are hard to repeat at that height. Yeah, Keller does have two options. So if that's a route they want to take when they start playing games again, it's it's an option on the table. It's not a. I'm guessing they're gonna do it. It's not a, you know, anything like that. But they have the option if they want to do it without losing him. The question is, do they have do they have somebody to pitch innings when he's not? Well, they just reinstated Cody Ponce, didn't they? They did. He's he's off the IL. So if they get him stretched out, then right. he could be an option. Will Crow mm-hmm. could be an option. Um after watching him 
yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go with that option yet, but <laughs> right. It's going to be interesting to see the Mitch Keller season and where it goes. Yeah. Because it's pretty low. Yeah. And I would say that that's a like that's more of an engaging player than the Chad Cool conversation. Chad yeah. Cool needs a, has a lot of work to do too, but he's not a guy that you're going to send down anywhere. Even especially with it being cool. I mean, he's also three years older, but Chad Cool has two options as well. Yeah. But you're talking about a guy who's in arbitration right now. He's established himself a little bit more. You send him down, he better be hurt. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm almost there, though, with, with Mitch Keller. I mean, I feel like he's got to figure it out at this level. He does. I mean, that's for sure. But you're right, though. If it's If it's balls and strikes, it doesn't matter who you're facing. Right. That's a just like a hitter's timing. That's a pitcher's timing. Sometimes can be a tricky thing to fix, but it's also a very simple thing to fix. By simple, I don't mean easy. It's right. It's, it's a it's a fine tuned thing that once you get it, especially in the season, you you probably won't lose it in the season. Yeah. So that's the Padres series. So split. That's good. Mm -hmm. Split with a really good team. Moving into the weekend, we go into Milwaukee, and Friday night, uh, Brubaker just shoves. He's looking good, man. I mean, <laughs> it's it's so funny when we when we had our episode about projections and everything, and they were saying who's the most effective according to WAR, who's going to be the most effective pitcher, and we were, I said it says Brubaker is what they're picking for that, and I was like, I don't. No, if he's gonna have enough innings, <laughs> he's clearly gonna have the, <laughs> yeah. the you know if, if everything if everything goes the way he is, he, he it ain't going to. He right. gonna get roughed up a couple times. Yeah, sure. But that was not gonna be Friday night. He went six innings, four hits and a run, eight Ks, and doesn't even walk anybody. Just lights out. Yeah, he's impressive right now. Yeah. And he's starting to, you're starting to see him, you know, he's yelling a little bit, you know, when he gets the big out and things like that, like starting lights to come out, out of his shell. Yeah. Moran and Polanco Homer in that game. So Polanco, we talked about the, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He hit the, I mean, it was like a bullet home run. Um, and then he, you know, had the days off. He comes out, hits well in this game. I mean, just the one hit, but I mean, you're, it was a bomb, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what you expect to see from him. Colin Moran hit a homer in this game. It was a 6-1 win for the Pirates. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, the Pirates are just hitting, and it's all the way through the lineup. It's not, you know, it wasn't like they were being carried by one person in this game. They're just hitting. Right. That's good. Yeah. And they're and obviously they're pitching in this game. I mean, but they scored six runs. So they're getting it done. You go into Saturday, and the Brewers had theirs. Brett Anderson threw well. Cahill, five runs in the first inning, two more in the second inning. He ends up getting through four innings because he's he's Cahill and we need him to throw innings. Here's the thing, too. I was, I was watching a little bit of this game in the first inning. I, I got actually got a text from a guy at work. He said, Cahill sucks. And before I'm going to throw out Cahill sucks, if you watched that first inning – he got the two outs. 
a broken bat base hit. Yeah. He had a uh, a dribbler that found its way through the infield. There wasn't a lot of like hard hit balls. Like the, it was weak contact. They was just hit in the right place. So there was a lot initially. Of, yeah. Then there was a couple hard hit balls. Yeah. <laughs> but but still, like I mean, he he could have been a couple good pitches that they got lucky and that fell on the right spots. He could have been out yeah. of that, and it could have changed the whole his whole outing. Right. If that broken bat single doesn't go quite as far and uh, what's his face is able to catch it. Yeah. But unfortunately that wasn't the case. Yeah. And then they squared up a few and it Mm -hmm. it almost looked like there was a little bit of frustration that maybe played to it getting out of hand. Yeah. But also we just got finished talking about how good he did in the loss against the Padres. Yeah. Now granted, he still only got through five innings in the in the good start, but he had eight strikeouts. You know what I mean? He only mm-hmm. gave up the one run against a better lineup than what he faced in Milwaukee. So, yeah, it was a uh, it, it was unfortunate. But once again, a little bit of a bullpen saved thing. Uh, we had just got Sean popping up. He throws two innings, a couple strikeouts, a couple hits, doesn't give up any runs. Clay Holmes comes out, two innings from him. Shutting him down. Clay Holmes is is one of the interesting ones because I feel like he comes in and I'm actually expecting him to do well. Yeah. And he's had a couple outings that haven't gone well, but for the most part, I feel like he's still been good. Yeah. Most of the time, I look at his totals and they're zeros, but he's got a 7 ERA because <laughs> he got blown up. Right. Like twice already. But they get this game and it was basically Alfred got a hit. That was good. <laughs> and Adam Frazier, who hits in the seven spot in this game, goes two for four. He had the lefty out there. I get it. I think he can hit lefties. Obviously better than Newman, who went over for four. And then you fast forward to today. We've already talked a little bit about it. Ten innings. Milwaukee starts it off in the first inning against Chad Cool, scores a couple runs. And Chad Cool battles. He, he, so he, he gives up a couple homers in this game. Vogelbach in the first inning. And then Avi Sayil Gar- Garcia. Uh, in the third inning, uh, gave up the double, I think, to Shaw in the first inning to bring in the other run. But, like, okay, three runs. He ends up going five innings, six Ks, and only walks the one against the pitcher, a four-pitch walk against the pitcher. He still <laughs> was only about 60% strikes, but he didn't surrender the walks. So yeah. six Ks. I'm not going to make a much of it because we've already seen this from, from Mitch Keller and then came right back out. And did what he did. So, mm-hmm. stepping stone. Maybe Chad Cool's figuring something out. He's starting to throw in the zone a little bit more. Yeah, Five innings, whatever. Colin Moran knocks a three-run homer in the third to take the lead, three to two. And then they answer back to tie it. But then, you know, you got you split so far one and one. You got the rubber game on a Sunday afternoon. The Pirates could have went out there and just said, hey, we've got our three wins this week. We feel good about it. But no, they go out and they battle. They throw. The The bullpen was good again. Stratton gives up a two-run homer after uh, getting a little ahead of myself, but Brian Reynolds crushed that ball. They said it was like 110 off the bat. It only went like it only went. It went like 434 feet, which I believe is the longest home run Brian Reynolds has ever hit. Yeah. But he hit it a lot harder than 434, I think. <laughs> that distance doesn't stand out and say, wow. 
But that thing right. was high. It was a moonshot and still went 30. It was like the back section of that seating section. Like, Jeez. it was a bomb. Anyway, everybody else, good job. They end up tying the game. Come out, in the, and Reynolds makes the last out in ninth. He's at second in the 10th inning. Moran hits the double. We get the run. Rich Rodriguez shuts it down. Rich Rod pitched the ninth and then came back out and pitched the 10th. Six up, six nice. down. Buckos get a series win. Four and three on the week. This is when we say, this team is not as bad as you think they are. Right. They're still going to end up still. under 500. We get it. Yes. They're probably yes. still going to end up losing 90 games. They're not. They're going to lose a lot of games. They're going to run into more of those skids where they might lose six in a row. You know what I mean? They're right. going to probably do that. Yeah. And I don't know that they'll run into moments where they win six in a row, but they're going to win series like you just saw. So right. they're just not that. They're not as bad as you think they are. And I think a lot of people have really undervalued this team. And I think it's I think it's, it's showing right now with this offense. They're not going. They're not hitting a ton of homers, and they probably won't. But but they're hitting their share. But they're hitting the ball. And I think that's what it yeah. is, though. They're hitting their share. You know what I mean? Right. Like Moran's home run was his fourth. Reynolds was his second. Polanco's got two. Evans has three. But like you're you're kind of getting to the place where you're like, well, who's going to stand out? I mean, probably Moran. Probably. But other than that, I don't know that any of these guys are going to stand out and hit more than 15 homers the way it looks right now. If Polanco can click, he'll get to, he'll get over 15 homers and stay healthy. I, I think Reynolds will too. Reynolds could, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that too. He could. I think there's some guys that maybe could, like maybe, I don't know about Phillip Evans. I don't really know where he, I don't know if that's a strength of his game that we just haven't seen because he hasn't played enough. Or if he's just a good hitter who's ran into some, you know what I mean? Right. But Got hot. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, he definitely got hot. You know and he's cooled off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's sitting at about 275 right now. We were freaking out at the 400 batting average. But, yeah, you know, 0 for 4 today. He's going to move around. He's going to provide you value. And he if, he if he has a couple more moments like he had a week ago, he's still yeah. fun. And he's versatile, yeah. and he's a better option than maybe some of the others. But I don't know. Like I know a lot of us were, myself included, for calling for like, hey, let's move Reynolds to center field and let this guy play left when when Key Bryan yeah. comes back. We got to get him. But you're seeing this week, like, okay, let's let's see how this plays out. Right. Some guys right. they feed off of these moments, and I think that he's a guy that's talented enough to feed off of these moments. Let's let's just let it play out. Let's keep him in left. Let's see what we can do with this center field position. We'll be able to move him. I mean, there was a there was a moment yeah. this afternoon. I mean, Evans started at third, but when Fowler came out, uh, Newman came in for him. Newman went to short. They bumped Eric Gonzalez to third and threw Reynolds in center and Evans in left. We had that scenario today. Yeah. After they when they pinch hit for for Fowler, and I don't know. I mean. Maybe just getting a look at it, but we'll see. You know, one thing I liked from today's game is Colin Moran comes up to bat. Nobody on. I think it was, was it the lead off the second inning, I think? And um, they had the shift on, and he tried to bunt down the line. 
and it barely went foul. If that ball stays fair, he may end up with a double on it <laughs> because he bunted it hard, and he bunted it hard on purpose. Like he just wanted to bunt it down the line, get it past third base, and roll it out into the outfield. He's on. He, that's a stand-up double. <laughs> Maybe. I like the effort. I like the yeah. try. I no, I'm all about it. I, I like the I like the backside three run homer and the double to score the run in the tenth a little better, but hundred percent. But early <laughs> in the game with nobody, yeah, know, no outs, nobody on, they're gonna shift you. Yeah, I'm into beat it. it. I'm I'm for it. Yeah, I I mean overall, I just think good week. Yeah, good week for the Pirates. Top performers this week: Frazier, three seventy nine, four twenty four on base. Eric Gonzalez, 360. Moran, 308 on base, two homers, seven ribbies in seven games. Good stuff. About four of those today. So it was a little back heavy, but Reynolds, 308, hit the bomb today, 419 on base, too. And then Brubaker had that good start on the season. He's 2 0 with a 176. Yeah. 18 to 5 on the strikeout to walk ratio. That's good stuff. You know what I mean? Anytime, anytime you're three to one on that, you're 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 pitching well, and he's just over three to one. Yeah, Reynolds draws four walks on the week to get to that four nineteen, but at three oh eight too. Yeah, that's good stuff. He's seeing the ball well right now. Three seventeen on the season for Reynolds is what we talked about. He's a professional hitter. Three oh five for Adam Frazier. Two ninety eight for Moran. They're not a bad team, guys. No. Keep an eye on them. Listen, there's going to be days. And 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 we said this, and, and a lot of times those days are pitching. Mm-hmm. They can knock you out of a game early. Granted, the games that we lost this week, we scored two runs, three runs, and one run. And the games that we won, eight runs, five runs, six runs, and six runs. Four is the magic number. Yeah. Uh, it's not always. We also, six to five, eight to four were two of our wins. So, with that said, there are still losses when you score four runs. But, and none of those we would have won if we would have won, if we would have scored four runs either. It's a terrible point to make right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible point to make. But the, when you talk about an offense, if you're scoring runs, and that's why it's an average. Right. But on the week, we averaged 4.4 runs per game. And you're 4 and 3 because it's an average. Right. There you go. Magic number's 4. Probably a little higher than 4 these days because of the way the offense is. But 4.4 is our average runs per run scored for the week. We've won more games than we've lost. And that's what they say. Yeah. The offense is capable. And they're showing you right now that they are. The pitching, we got work to do. Take what you can get. The bullpen is not bad. No. They've had bad innings outside. If you take those innings away, it's not like, oh, we give up like a run or two every time we go out there. There's a lot of times I'm sitting here reading down through these and I'm like, oh, bullpen didn't give up a run today. Right. Three out of four guys shut down their innings. This guy gave up one run. And then occasionally we have this guy gave up five runs. And then it's like, well, that's going to crush your bullpen ERA. But other than that, they're doing well. Yeah. This is, it's not a non-competitive team. 
This is definitely a competitive team. Even they're going to lose more than they're going to win. They're going to battle. They're still a fun team to go to the ballpark and watch and, and root for. Yeah. So even just to point this out, like we had some rough games against the Reds. We're sitting as a team with a 492 ERA, which is 27th in the league. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel that, right? We yeah. just won four we just won four out of seven games against the Padres, who have the number one ERA in baseball right now, and the Brewers who have the number five ERA. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals, by the way, have the last. I was surprised to see that. 515 ERA for the Cardinals. Looking ahead, we're about to go play the Tigers, who have the 29th worst. 513 ERA for the Tigers. So right around where we're at. And you can see trends. The Braves are also right behind us at the 28th. They're not that bad. Right. There are, you know what I mean? There are trends here. Mm -hmm. Some of these teams will get better. Washington Nationals have a stellar starting, like, three. 446, they're 21st in the league. You know what I mean? Like, Right. It gets better, but... Yeah, Patrick Patrick Corbin's been atrocious for them so far this year. But he'll figure it out. Yeah. Also said, uh, when you look at home runs given up, the Tigers have given up the most home runs of anyone. Let's see those bats wake up a little bit. We got tomorrow off, three games against the Tigers in Detroit, three games in Minnesota. Keep an eye on that one because Minnesota just had a couple games to, uh, canceled because of, of COVID. So mm-hmm. we don't know what will happen with that. But um, interesting, though, to pay attention to, the Thursday game against the Tigers is a day game. So pull up your app, listen to it on the radio at work, whatever you got to do. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday are day games in Minnesota. So if you're trying to catch a game, you know when they are. Of course, they're uh, when they go to Minnesota, they're in another time zone. So that those games are at two, and the Friday night game is at eight o'clock. No, but I, I, I'm, you know, we we just bring some of these things up because we're just saying like, hey, this is still a fun team to watch. Yeah, they've had some fun games, and there's some games that we what we haven't seen yet is those games where we get blown up for five, six, seven runs in the first couple innings. We haven't really came back and won those games yet. Right. But if we can score with them like we did against the Padres, they were scoring early, but so were we. Right. And then we we actually ended up bridging that gap, shutting them down. But, yeah, uh, looking forward to this week. Tigers are 6-10 and right now. So they're just one game different than us. We're seven right. and nine. They're six and ten. Should be some good games there. They've got some exciting guys playing for them right now, uh, and they're not pitching. We're not pitching, which means we should be able to hang in these games here. I say get a series from the Tigers. Yeah, Twins are a little bit different. Tons of power on their team, but they did have some postponed games. I think they're about five and eight right now, so not great. But at the same time, they're better than five and eight, I think, as a team. So it'll be interesting to see that. If they do have some guys missing, we don't know who is affected by any of this stuff. Or I don't, I haven't even really looked, I haven't paid 
close enough attention to the Twins right now to know if they're dealing with injuries or anything like that. But it's, I feel like this is a part of the of the schedule. The Pirates could come out of these six games with a couple series wins, and then you're over like five hundred. So. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Watch the games. If they start getting blown up early, I ain't nobody's gonna be mad at you for turning the game off and doing something else. Right. But it's worth it to check in. These guys Absolutely. are fun to watch. So the next three games against the Tigers. Anybody you anybody you uh, to look for against the Tigers? Not specifically. Miguel Cabrera and Nomar Mazzara are both on the IL. Yeah, there's nobody that sticks out to me on that team that I'm interested to watch. Matchups are Tuesday: Tyler Anderson versus Michael Fulmer. Wednesday is Mitch Keller, and they say Spencer Turnbull. He's on the injured list right now, but they must be planning on pulling him back off. Okay. And then Thursday is Urena and Brubaker. So I would say let's take Thursday's day game for sure. We, <laughs> we don't know yeah. what we, Wednesday is a crapshoot because it's Keller versus Turnbull. Right. So you just never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Fulmer struggled the past couple years. Yeah, I, I think he's mostly been out of the bullpen this year, but maybe just out of necessity. I don't really know. Want to know with he three was, ERA right now is what I he do is. know he was really good when he first came up. Yeah, he pitched. He pitched the game that I went and watched at Detroit a few years back, and yeah, he was dominating that year. It was fun to watch. Talents yeah. there. You just never. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. He could show up. Yeah. Tyler Anderson's been good, so uh, yeah. For me, I think it's just uh, a couple, couple old buckos, farmhands. Robbie Grossman's playing with him right now, every day. I think Jacoby Jones. Those are both guys that came through our system. But yeah. the story right now for them is Akil Badu. Just oh, yeah. yeah, he's just been blowing it up right now. So yeah, he he's been fun to watch. So Akil Badu, that's a and, and go read up on that one a little bit. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know the probables against the Twins, but they obviously have some good players. Maybe we'll run into J.A. Happ. He's pitching for him. Yeah, old I Bucko he went there. Kenta Maeda is good. Might run into him. I don't really know. Miguel Sano, obviously mega power guy. Josh Donaldson. So pretty good players. Nelson Cruz. Obviously, say Nelly Cruz. How can I not think of him? They they've got a ton of power. I mean, we could yeah. see a lot of home runs. Should be a good week for for Bucko baseball. They're playing hot right now. I feel like they build off of this. They get a day break. Come out swinging. Yeah, let's go Bucks. That's all we have for this week. We'll talk to you in next weekend. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Stay with us as we follow the Pirates all season long. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each new episode is released. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Bridge to Bucktober and on Twitter at Bridge the number two Bucktober. Let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear more about. Thank you, and let's go Bucks!